Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. So Tonks has it. Gets it across to Jones. Oh, the runner's on the inside as well. It's Scotland on the charge. Scotland the brave. They have hit back through Hamish Watson. What a try by the visitors. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? It has been one hell of a weekend in Scottish rugby. I am David and I'm joined here by Matt. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good to be um, back from holiday and, you know, I just miss the pod so much. It's, it's great. And for those who have been missing him, we are going to be having a chat with Alan all the way from New Zealand as well. He's going to give us a rundown on the line squad. Thanks again for joining us. You're probably listening to us via the Apple uh, podcast app or on Acast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. That has been absolutely firing over the weekend with so much good news about Scottish rugby. If you are listening to us via the iTunes store, please get on there. Please, please, please. It's all we really ask. Get on there and leave us a review. It really helps with our um, ratings and getting our name out there. Like our good friend Jolly Mon Chris says, new to the podcast, it's pure brill. Liking the patter, I'm an expat Edinburgh Aki rugby loving lad living out in Kuala Lumpur. In Singapore, I witnessed the magic against Italy last weekend. And then to come off the back of that and gub the Aussies. Let's crack a can of Tartan Special. That is good. I'm loving that. Cracking a can of Tartan Special with the boys. You know? <laughs> exactly. Just like, uh, you know, homeless, Tartan Special is a bit of a homeless person drink, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, when the, when the mood strikes. <laughs> when, when the mood strikes, we can hit that. Absolutely. As we say, if you're listening to us, you know how big a weekend it's been for Scotland. So we're going to get into that with our three issues. Firstly, we are going to be talking about that win 
against Australia. Secondly, we will be chatting to Alan all the way from New Zealand, talking about Lions, talking about the call-ups, um, Finn and Alan Dell, as well as how the rest of the Scottish boys have been getting on. And then we're going to have a look at another amazing result against Australia, Scotland under-20s beating Australia to be fifth in the world, and that's the highest ever ranking for them. But um, why don't we start with a little bit of news. It's actually come out this morning. We've been talking about it on the pod for a wee while, about Finn Russell showing a little bit of skirt to the top 14 and some clubs down there. We've heard that he's really, really keen to get a move down there. Mark Palmer and the Scotsman um, both putting out stories this morning about Finn signing a big money deal to join Vern Cotter at Montpellier next year. Matt, what do you make of it? Yeah, I'm still a bit divided over this one. Um, I think... I just don't think at his age um, going to France is the best thing for his development. Um, I think that Johnny Sexton went over, played for um, Racing and struggled um, in the aftermath of that. Um, but then again, you know, you've got Vern Cotter there. Uh, it's, it, you know, he, he's not going to be running the club as an amateur outfit. He's going to really professionalize it. Uh, they made some big, really strong signings. Um, and maybe it could be good for his for his development. I'm I'm still not so sure, though. Uh, yeah, I've got this. I've got the same sort of feeling. But what, the, what we've heard from our man in the know, who's very close to these sort of things, is that that Montpellier deal is not signed. But there have been talks, and it's pretty close. Finn is looking for a way out of Scotland if he can get one. A lot of it based on the fact we hear that he's really worried about getting up another head knock, which could um, shorten his career. So if you look at it through that lens, can you really begrudge the guy for wanting to go and make some serious coin? down at Montpellier. Secondly, news-wise, and not nearly as exciting, um, Edinburgh have signed what looks to be a backup prop in a guy from Daryl Marfo from Bath. Matt, have you ever heard of this guy? I'd be lying if I said I'd heard of him. Um, you know, Edinburgh Rugby keep doing this on Twitter. They keep putting out these little rods saying that they've got an exciting new signing. We get very excited. We tweet about it. The fans get excited. And just so far, every single one, barring maybe Robbie Frew in a bit, has been pretty underwhelming. Um, but to be fair, you, you sort of look at who he is. Um, he's, he's a prop who's come from Bath. Um, he played a bit at London Welsh um, on a sort of dual registration. Um, he's Scots qualified, which is a, a positive. Um, you never know. He, he could be one of those signings that the SU sometimes get in. They're quite random, but but do quite well. Um and it sounds like he will be a backup prop. You need these sort of squad players. Um, the Edinburgh front row with you know, the likes of Nell and, and Dell um, and the young guys coming through like Mario McCallum and, and Roy Sutherland is, is still strong. Um, so, yeah, squad player, nothing much else. Yeah, why not give him a year, see how he gets on. And you mentioned Robbie Fruin. I think that's happened. He is now official. He's in Edinburgh. My brother saw him today. Yeah, my brother saw him in the Roseburn Scotsmid. So there you go. There you go. My brother saw him on the mound, so he's getting around. He's he's he is getting around Edinburgh. If you see Robbie Fruin, let us know. Um, if you see, let us know which um, small supermarket you see him in. Um, but news-wise, that's pretty much it. All the news has been happening on the other side of the world. So why don't we start that? It was a hell of an early start. Six a.m. Scotland versus Australia in Sydney, and what a win that was. Um, Matt, what did you make of it all? Yeah, I mean, I was following it um, on, on closely on Twitter because, unfortunately, I was on holiday in France and, and couldn't find a stream. Um, but I've watched sort of extensive highlights and read some loads of match reports. And, yeah, I mean, just what a win. I think we talked about it before, and 
I had actually predicted a win, and I think that it was part of the Scotland team evolution that if we wanted to be taken as a serious outfit, we needed to actually beating Australia was really really important. So you know, first and foremost, to get that win away is huge. Um, I think the the sort of the, the importance of the win is made even even more um, even clearer by the fact that you know Scotland was missing arguably its three best players in Hogg, Laidlaw and Seymour and Australia were pretty much full strength apart from um, from David Pocock so yeah that was it was really amazing so just absolutely class result overall yeah and maybe that missing David Pocock's I don't know he's like finding himself doing some sort of like environmental mission in Africa at the moment but um, it was in that back row that I mean we've talked about it time and time again I mean Hamish Watson really coming to prominence but for me, it was all about John Barkley, the skipper. What an what an amazing performance! And the pair of them absolutely dominated that uh, that breakdown area, much like they did against Wales in the Six Nations when they were playing together. Just two incredibly smart players, both with different sort of skill sets, but both amazingly competitive and smart at the breakdown. And I mean, Michael Hooper, he talked about what I mean, what an unbelievable number seven he is. He had a good game, but he was completely nullified. By um, by Barkley and, and Hamish Watson, and it was just an amazing thing to see. I would say, if I can get into a negative early and get it out of the way, I think Ryan Wilson in between them was the, probably the weakest link in the Scotland side, um, <laughs> and that's the Scotland side with Greg Tonks at fifteen. So I mean, like, I mean, how many penalties? Six, seven, and a yellow card. Like, just, and some of them were just so hapless. You know, it was the Ryan Wilsons of Barbecue Kings fame. Like, just doing stupid things and giving away penalties and that kept Australia in the game. Yeah, I think once again, don't want to focus on the, the negatives, but I thought that um, Strauss did really well when he came on and I, I just think that if you look at what our best back row is, Townsend clearly likes to mix things up, but it has to be Barkley, Strauss and um, and Watson. Um, another another positive I thought was the halfbacks playing seriously well, and particularly Finn Russell. I think you know, he's come in for a bit of flack in, in recent months, um, including from myself. And I think that was probably his best ever game in a, in a Scotland jersey. He just took control, um, both in his kicking game and just his general sort of distribution, running the attack uh, and his defence. For like a small guy, a guy, when you see him take his top off and stuff, he's, he's a tiny guy. So I don't see that very often. I've seen it in <laughs> videos and stuff. Um, he, You're watching topless videos of Finn Russell? Uh, some some video on YouTube or some sort of online site. Uh, I don't know where I dug that out of, but anyway, I thought he was absolutely class. And as was Ali Price, quick ball um, to good breaks, and he's got a really good uh, cover defense game as well. I'll save my question about Ali Price to you in a second, just to talk about what I thought of Finn. There was one time he he did one loose kick, and I think I'm going to forgive him for it. It was it was a chip on through, and it just went to nothing. But there was times that. He just was asking questions of this defense all all throughout the game from all over the park. You know, you look at the attacking moves, the amazing third try that was set up by the sort of wraparound um, and just the countless times that he was putting people through holes. He almost sent John Barkley clean through this hole. It was a, a millimeter wide and it was an absolute joy to watch on slow motion replay because Finn was looking completely the opposite way and just slips it out the other hand and it was so close. But... He did a 22 dropout to himself and then sort of made it 60 meters up the park, completely took the Aussies by surprise, and he just looks uh, looks amazing. And quite frankly, going back to Ali Price, he looked amazing, and 
I can't see a scenario in which you're starting, which Gregor Townsend is going to start um, Greg Laidlaw ahead of Ali Price now. I think this is it. I think we've seen the changeover and I think the style of play that Townsend's bringing in is much, much faster. He wants to run people off the park and I don't think that fits Greg Laidlaw. Do you think um, Greg's days are numbered? I think there's still a place for him, um, but no, I, I would agree that his days are numbered and I, I think with him moving to to Clermont, it gives Townsend maybe a chance to to say to him, well, you're in France now, we want to stick with our players that are playing in Scotland. Um, I thought, you know, Pergos did a pretty good job when he came on and you've you've also got um, Sam Hidalgo Klein in the wings. And if, if you want to play a fast game, then Hidalgo Klein, if he's on form, I think can do that as well for you. So yeah, maybe that is that is sort of the getting towards the end of, of Greg in a, in a Scotland shirt. Yeah, I think so. I just, yeah, I think I just, if you look at it through the lens of Gregor Townsend coming and imprinting that Glasgow style on the game with a bit more, much, a bit more kicking from uh, from Tan and uh, much, much faster off the base, stretching that contact area away from those one-up passes, um, I think Ali Price is absolutely your man. And I'd love to see him starting in those um, November tests and obviously against Fiji at the weekend. Where else was strong? Uh, Xander Ferguson's, he just keeps on keeps on performing at top levels. Um, I was critical of uh, the choice to start him ahead of Nell, but he put in a great 60 minutes and what an amazing option to have, bringing WP Nell off the bench for that last 20 minutes, um, which is just something that Scotland haven't had in so, so long. Yeah, it was amazing to see Nell come on. I think his first two scrums, he absolutely crumpled um, Tom Robertson, the Aussie prop, who looks like a pretty budget player, and you subbed right away. It was absolutely class. Um, yeah, I know, I agree. Starting Ferguson ahead of Nell seemed like a bit of a risk, but he really has come on leaps and bounds this this season. And you, it's easy to forget that it is his debut international season. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, the, the kid's only tw- he's only twenty one years old. Like he's. Un- unbelievable you look at you talk about tight heads coming of age at 28 29 30 like he's a great great prospect and uh that was just great to see but i think one of the best things the best returns that i saw duncan taylor getting a run in that 12 jersey something that we've talked about a lot and wanting to get him a solid run at the in a in his preferred position and i thought what he brought to that scotland backline was just Something completely different, having had Alex Dunbar there, who is really, really solid, but he's not that creative in attack. He's not particularly heads up. You know, he, he wants to get over the gain line, and that's and that's great. But Duncan Taylor is just a smart player. He's got brilliant hands, great distribution, and he just plays like eyes up rugby, and he just knows what's going on. Like, just the... The little, the little delay in that final pass to Hamus Watson is just was just a little typifying of how good he was and the tracking for that. And I think it's just brilliant. And, oh, well, he's trying. Great little sort of sniping around the sides, picks up a loose ball, and there you go, five points. Reminiscent of that tap and go he did against um, France? Was it Wales? And there's against France in the Six Nations two years ago. Like, he is just smart and quick, and he's just got the skills in abundance. So imagine, imagine him at 12 and uh, Hugh Jones at 13. That is... That is really, really tasty. Yeah, I was just going to say that, actually, that um, that when you think about it, having so Taylor played so well, and the fact that he came back from injury as well, we didn't have him for most of the season, that starts to look like your first-choice centre partnership. And that just looks like a really solid defensively, uh, albeit Hugh Jones had a bit of a mare against England in that position. But 
and then a, and then a really sort of ruthless cutting edge um, at both at twelve and thirteen, and guys who can distribute really well, which you know for to say that about a Scotland centre pairing is is absolutely incredible. Um, I think as well that I, I didn't like at one point when when Hamish Watson went in for his try, um, the Aussie commentators described um, Scotland as Scotland the brave, which I thought was you know a bit a bit demeaning um, and is quite sort of typical of, of us in the past, you know, plucky underdogs and putting in the effort but not coming up with the win. But but I thought that our defence was absolutely incredible, um, particularly towards the end when we were under the cosh. Um, and that involved sort of good good first up hits. Um, one of the best hits I saw was was when Australia had a good attack and it looked for all money as if Bernard Foley was in and um, Matt Scott got back and made an absolutely incredible tackle. We managed to... Um, to defend against them so that that was really pleasing as well I think the character is is pretty unquestionable in the squad at the moment yeah just on, on those defensive stats you had Johnny Gray making 15 Ben Toulis making 15 Barkley making 15 Watson making around that number I mean there's your sort of your nucleus of those guys just making huge huge amounts of hits and that really just makes a, a difference Finn Russell made 13 13 tackles down his channel he missed a couple but I mean, thirteen cha- uh, thirteen tackles, probably most of them on Curran Drani. Like yeah. that is no, that is a decent, decent, uh, decent shift from the lad. But I think what a great. And I think one quick mention on the squad: the the ability to have that twenty three man game is coming along for Scotland. If you think about the people that are out, injuries that we're carrying, I think we're getting to the stage where we can put out a really, really tasty twenty three. Come uh, November, certainly come the Six Nations injury pending. Um, so Fiji at the weekend, um, which will be good. Looking forward to that. But shall we patch Alan in, see how he's getting on down in New Zealand? Okay, let's do that. And here he is, all the way from New Zealand. Alan, how you doing, mate? Good, good. How you doing, guys? Yeah, good, mate. How how are things? How was the uh, how was the stopover in Thailand, mate? You managed to pick yourself up a wee bride? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I did not pick up bride. <laughs> A classic, like, yeah, no, definitely from uh, from Alan. <laughs> I went straight on through to New Zealand, and I've only been watching rugby. That's all I've been doing. Good stuff. So, where where are you at the moment? Yes, yeah, so we're currently in Taupo, which is um, sort of middle of the North Island, and uh, heading up to Hamilton tonight to see what well, pretty much all the Scotland players now um, playing against the Chiefs. So, no, it'll be good. Yeah, that that'll be class. So, what um what games have you been to so far? Did you go to the Have you been to the uh, Did you go to the first one against the Barbarians, or have you been Were you later than that? No, no. So we flew in for the Crusaders game. So sadly, saw Stuart Hogg take one right yeah. in the chops. It was um. We actually thought I actually was shouting at him to get up. I thought he was play acting because you know he, he does have a little bit of a history. That was my initial. Them. That was my initial thought as well. I thought that he'd taken like a slight knock. And he'd gone down to try and milk a yellow. Yeah, no, the same. And um, and actually, really annoyingly, we were sort of like looking at him in training, and sort of first sort of 10, 15 minutes of that game, he was looking a lot sharper yeah, than he definitely. was against the barbarians. And actually, some of the stories that have come out of what they were they were all like pre the barbarians matches, like a lot of them were really struggling to sleep. Um, it sounds like that must have been sort of the worst game to play in terms of just general fatigue um so no i think just obviously it's been been really good watching all the games but just from a sort of scottish perspective it's quite sad to see that happen and i think i think everyone pretty quickly realized that he wasn't going to make the tour so um 
Yeah. But no, yeah, Crusaders game was really good. I think obviously it would have been nice to see a few more tries, but you could just see that the Lions pack were just so on top of that Crusaders pack throughout the whole yeah. game. And then in terms of atmosphere, the game in Denizen for the Highlanders was unbelievable. Um, obviously, from a Scotland perspective, we were chatting a little bit about how I thought that could be an opportunity for Seymour to kind of maybe not stake his claim for a test ball, but at least start sort of pushing his way forward. Sort of him against um, Naholo, and obviously, apart from his try, I think he was sort of relatively poor. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, I think that was, that's generally the thought about him, around him. His try, I mean, his try was a great read and everything like that, but I suppose at this level you expect a winger to pick that sort of thing up. Um, and no, he looked... Um, he does, None of them have looked that good, to be fair. Like, I think... Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Greg has just done what Greg does, like we criticize him pretty much week in, week out for maybe just being half a yard too slow. And it seems that that's just been the case. Yeah, actually, we were sitting in a pub in um, Queenstown watching the game against the Maori, and I think so pretty much everyone in there was, especially was just sort of losing it with Greg Laidlaw at the end of the game because he was just taking so long with, with the distribution, even longer than normal, I thought. Uh, um and I just felt sort of he wasn't particularly managing the game very well in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes. Um, so sadly, I, I have a feeling that if one of the scrum halves goes down, I think they would probably put up Davis in. Um, that's sort of the general feeling that a lot of people have out here. Yeah, um, that, that, was my, that was my fear when I saw the backups announced that that just sort of gives paid to any chance that Greg might have had of, of being involved. Um I think it's also quite it's quite harsh maybe that Greg has you know he had that start against the Barbarians but apart from that he's sort of been coming on off the bench and expecting to make an impact at a, at a time when there's a lot of other subs on as well and against um, the Maori the whole thing got so disjointed and it it just felt like he was taking a bit of the brunt but I still think at the same time he's not played particularly well. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably no. Finn Russell's probably got the biggest chance of being a test star, a test player, <laughs> which is slightly um, ridiculous. But I think I, I generally can't envisage a situation where Laidlaw or Seymour get in that test squad. No, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't look that way. What What was this sort? I mean, obviously, we only saw it via like uh, via Twitter and reading and sort of 
hearing all the punditry and stuff like that. What was the sort of feeling on the ground when those uh, those call ups got made of those uh, of the Welsh lads, and then obviously Alan Dell and uh, and Finn Russell the following day? Yeah, I think when the four Welsh lads came out, the sort of initial reaction was, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> um, and obviously, it was great to see Finn Russell getting called up. I have to admit, even I was a little bit surprised that Alan Dell was um, yeah, getting, yeah, a fl- getting a flight across the Tasman. Um, I know sort of a lot of stuff's come out in terms of that it was pre-planned, and that actually these are the way it's been sort of communicated was that these are people that are more bodies rather than people fighting for a test place in the team. Which I, I, I actually kind of get the logic of. Like, you, you can't bring all these players across at the start, of the start of the tour, but it is obviously useful to have additional bodies at this point because you don't, obviously don't want to be playing um, many of your, t- your test players in the midweek games. But I just think sort of it's been communicated really, really poorly, and I just think the fact, that, the fact that most of them are Welsh, the fact that most people have never actually heard of any of these players just play goes down so badly um, and I think they could have easily managed this a lot better and actually could have got a couple of English players or Irish players across last week if this was a pre-planned move yeah um, I think on the flip side I think from a Scottish perspective it's just great to see hopefully see Finn Russell out in a line shirt playing against the Chiefs um, sort of getting an even a bigger stage to kind of show how good he is well I think there's, there's um, I think you're right in saying that Finn's got a bit of a chance you know Dan Bigger has taken knocks in both of his start in both of his games for the Lions and sort of limped off in both of them and you know Farrell's carrying that little bit of a niggle in the quad there's an opportunity for him to uh, if, if, if things go his way that he could sort of make his way into uh, into sort of test contention look absolutely Sexton Obviously, you don't want to see players getting injured, but Sexton is sort of notoriously brittle. Farrell's taking mm. injuries, Bigger's taking hits, and these tests are going to be probably the most intense game of the last sort of like since sort of the World Cup, and players are going to go down. And I, if 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 there is going to be a Scotland player, I just he's he's definitely just got the highest chance because. In the back three, there's just a bit too much depth, and I actually think Seymour's probably right at the back of the queue now of those players. That's what it kind of feels like out here. Yeah, and um, I think yeah, the, with Laidlo- the, Sorry, I mean the fact that he's the only non-replacement um, from last week. Um, the, the sort of raft of replacements called up to be in the bench is a is a pretty damning sign. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then have you guys heard this chat about the Scotland player rejecting? Um, the Lions call up. Yeah, we see, we did see that on Twitter. Um, a bit of speculation around who, who it was. Maybe um, Johnny Barkley, Johnny Johnny Gray. What have you heard? Yeah, well, obviously it's come from our um, well, our pod friend Stephen Jones, who's um, been given a lot of chat about this sort of selections. And um, yeah, the, it kind of seems everyone. The rumor is it's Fraser Brown was. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. Which I, you think, particularly if you if if you think you're getting the you're you're getting the full the full package of the seventy k and all the stash and at hooker, if you talk about attrition rates, about hookers that could go down, 
Fraser Brown would have had yeah. a decent chance of knocking on that door, the way things go. Yeah, completely agree. The, the, the rumour is is that all the players are getting the 70 grand and the full kit. And so that is what shocked me. I was like, if you're not getting the cash, I completely understand rejecting it. But that is a lot of money for a rugby player, especially a Scottish rugby player. Yeah, um, mate. He's got. He's a man. He's a man of excellent moral fiber. So you know, you don't don't not, read too he's many. Not, of them. He went to Murky. He doesn't have <laughs> excellent moral fiber. <laughs> That's true. Um, but what do you know, what maybe, do you make of the, all the chat about um, how it seems that the management team of the Lions just don't rate Johnny Gray at all, and uh, that's why. Uh, is it Corey Hill? I still get their names wrong. Corey Hill. Yeah, who the, who Corey the, fuck, Hill. Who the, the hell is Corey, Corey Hill? Hill? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the point. I get not rating Johnny Gray in comparison to, I don't know, um, Itoji. But not rating him in comparison to Corey Hill is completely ridiculous. I'm sorry. There's a guy who hasn't played Champions Cup or Six Nations Rugby this year. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 the, the only reason Corey Hill is there over Johnny Gray is because... Corey Hill has, knows the calls and can slot into the line out straight away. So I don't really buy the fact that Johnny Gray is um, is not able to come over. I actually just think second row is a much harder position to slot in mm. stri- straight away. And I know Corey Hill was training with the Lions when they were um, in Wales pre going out to New Zealand. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, speak, speaking of those Scotland players, did you manage to catch the? The game against the the Aussies. What were your thoughts on that? Oh my God! How good was it? it was <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, we were watching it in a pub in Queenstown pre the um, Lions game, and I thought I thought there's been a lot of chat about how poor Australia were, but I generally believe that I think it was more Scotland's um, doing rather than Australia's undoing. Um, I just thought I think Barkley and Watson are just world-class yeah. at the breakdown. And I actually thought that they sort of schooled... I thought Hooper had a good game, but I generally thought they were um, they were getting the better of it. And old BBT, uh, he just keeps coming on. I don't know what... Uh, he's had literally the best season of any player in the world. Where does it, where does it end? BBT. I know, where, just... where does it end? But no, I've completely eaten my words. He was he was awesome at the weekend. He was uh, yeah, brilliant. Just look, he looks yeah. like a completely different player from the guy that was sort of trotting around at the beginning of the season mm. for Edinburgh. Like he's really yeah. coming on. Yeah, agreed. And actually, I think you can even start to see sort of um, Gregor Townsend sort of imprinting his sort of style on the team. I do think they're sort of. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, it's it's a lot easier for Townsend because of just the the amount of Glasgow players in that team is, is such an easy transition. Um, but no, I just thought it was such an attractive style of rugby. It was a really good game to watch. And, you know, if Townsend comes out of this Autumn International with a three out of three, I mean, he's absolutely crushed it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's done. So what's, um, what's next for you, mate? Where are you off to? Yeah, so up to Hamilton tonight for the Chiefs game. And then back to, and then up to Auckland for the first test. And then I'm flying out Sunday morning after the test, 30 hours all the way back to the UK. Via, so, via Thailand. Is that why, is that why it's so long? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five, five eight, hours hours in Bang, eight hours in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Sounds absolutely class. And what what are the what are your predictions for the test series? What do you think? I think it's going to be two one. Two one to New Zealand. Wow. And and I think um, I think the Lions are going to win the first test. Oh, I like Ooh. that. I like that. It's punchy. Uh, yeah, I I think I don't know. I think the the Lions have got enough one to ten to really rattle them. Mm. New Zealand, and it's not—it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be attractive rugby, but I think it's something that could probably work. And I think um, it's going to be a mix of—it's going to be a mix of Saracens and Irish grunt that might just get us over the line in Eden Park. I think actually that Samoa game might actually be a bit of a negative for New Zealand because I think it's probably Samoa. Especially in the second half, defensively, which is so poor yeah. and just so slow in their line speed, yeah. and that's just this is such direct opposition to what lines are going to be bringing on um, on Saturday. But who knows? I might be eating my words, um, and we get absolutely crushed. But um, no, yeah. it's good. I'm looking forward to being back on the pod next next week uh, at home, chatting about a three all series and. Um, for Gregor Townsend yeah. yeah fingers crossed well we'll let you go then pal enjoy it and uh, we'll speak to you soon sounds good see you guys soon bye yeah. cheers and as soon as he was here he is gone off to uh, off to watch all the Scotland boys play against the Chiefs that's an interesting one uh, Dave Rennie obviously coaching the Chiefs before heading back over to Glasgow is going to get hopefully get a look at Finn Russell which will be um, interesting yeah definitely um I, I hope those guys have a good game, and I I think you look at the Chiefs team for tomorrow, and it it's far from the, their first choice. So you'd like to think that Lions are going to win that, not comfortably, but you know with a with a bit to spare. And hopefully you see, um, particularly Finn Russell coming on, showing them what he can do, and maybe Seymour even picking up a little a little try. And hopefully Greg has a good game because I don't think he's played that well so far as we mentioned, um, but I still think he has it has it in him. Um, should we move on to Scotland under-20s? Talk about those guys. Let's do it. Absolutely incredible. Um, finishing fifth in the most recent under-20 world championship hosted in Georgia, which looked like an incredible event overall. It looked like it was really well hosted. Um, so beating Australia, um, as the senior team did, and finishing fifth. Just just class as well, though. Just, like, clutch. You know, that final that final score from, um, from Shield um, to, to get the win, you know, like, Five minutes to go, clutch opportunities, and you take them and you win it. Like it's stuff. It's stuff that we're now saying it regularly. It's stuff that Scotland just used to not do, mm-hmm. and to finish fifth in the world at that under twenties level, knowing the player base that we've got and the the structures that we've got are pretty much paling significance into a lot of these unions. That's great, and it's it's quite a funny tournament. I mean, we finished fifth, but the only team we lost to was New Zealand. Like we 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 beat we beat Ireland, Wales, Italy, and Australia. Four wins from five, and you end up finishing fifth. So cheers! Yeah, it's incredible. And also the the final um, was New Zealand against England, and New Zealand absolutely hosed England, put sixty four points in them. It was like a record for a, a final or something, obviously. Um, and Scotland only lost by twenty or so, and of thirty. Yeah. No, I think it was like twenty five. Um, and if you look at the fact that that whole England team is full of academy guys and guys who have even played 
Aviva Premiership Rugby. Um, and Scotland, you know, has a few academy guys, but it, but it is mainly Prem 1 guys sort of making up the numbers. It, it is an absolutely incredible achievement. Um, I think also from the, from the games that I watched and the highlights, they played a really good style. You know, they were bringing in the wingers. Um, there's still a lot of grunt up front, um, a lot of tries from Moles, but it seems as if the, the midfield were, were good distributors and bringing the likes of um, Darcy Graham, a hell of a player, and... Robbie Nairn, two sort of contrasting wingers in terms of style, but both um, getting in for quite a lot of meat. So that was really positive to see. It wasn't as if we were just sort of grinding down down teams. So it looks as if the style from the, the Scotland squad is, is filtering down. Yeah, and some really, really interesting talent coming through in the uh, in the packs as well. Like We know a lot about Calm Hunter-Hill and Matt Fagerson. Like, how is Matt Fagerson only 18 years old? Like, What is going on in that household? <laughs> They are unbelievable. He's so good for a guy his age. It's just amazing to have him coming through in that Glasgow Warriors side. Luke Crosby had a really great tournament as well. Um, and a lot of those lads in the front rows as well, the Scotland, the Scotland scrum looking very, very solid, which is uh, just really, really, really positive to see. And, and guys like Blair Kinghorn, almost, you would say, stepping down a level to go back and play under 20 so with the amount of experience he's getting in the Pro 12. But I think that's great for him to get that get the consistent game time and hopefully he can come through. I mean, who are we going to be, who are we going to be seeing regularly in um, Edinburgh and Glasgow colors next year? Um, yeah, a few guys in the pack. So the captain Calm Hunter Hill recently signed a, a pro contract or lead development player contract with, with Edinburgh, which is really great to see. He, he's absolutely massive. Um, and he really was quite sort of totemic in, in the games that I watched. Um, Sort of leading malls and putting in real shift, and he's he's I've played with him in the past at Stumel, and he always had really good skills for a big lad. It was just maybe a matter of filling out and and gaining that physicality, which he seems to have done. So it'd be interesting to see him. Um, Matt Ferguson, we've talked about, has played a bit for Glasgow this season and and seemed to have done really well when he's got the chance. So it'd be interesting to to see him maybe sort of stake a claim, um, considering. Obviously, Cam Gibbons is coming in, but the fact that Favaro is gone, there there is maybe a, a slot there. Um, and then the two wingers, Darcy Graham and Robbie Nairn, who I mentioned, signed for Edinburgh and Glasgow, respectively. Um, not sure how much game time they, they'll get because they're arguably quite competitive positions, but both of them sound like really exciting players. So hopefully they get some sort of chance. Yeah, I think, I think it's just great to see a, a good handful of these guys are going to hopefully go on and get pro games next year. And then who knows? I mean, Matt Ferguson can't be that far away from maybe, maybe a year, year and a half away from getting in the, that Scotland squad. It's just um, it's just really, really exciting to see. And hopefully, I mean, John Dale's done an amazing job with this group of under-20s. Hopefully that filters through and it becomes a genuine sort of uh, feeder into the national side. So, um, yeah, it's, that side of the game seems to be coming on in Scotland and we all know who's in charge of that, but we don't want to give him any praise. But um, for the time being, let's give it all to John DL because that is a hell of a result for the uh, for the Scotland lads out in Georgia. And good to see two, good to see Georgia getting some exposure into the uh, into that game as well, bringing them through. Um, so yeah, fair play. Much else to go on, mate? Are we uh, are we calling it, calling it a bit of time here? Yeah, mate. I think we covered everything. Um, obviously, uh, just a, a great week and a delight to talk about. Just pure positives. It is pure positive. I mean, looking ahead to the Fiji game, we've kind of forgotten about the Fiji game, I suppose, but I think we're just expecting a three-from-three three, um, tour now, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is 
potentially a banana skin. Fiji did beat Italy last week, but Italy aren't great shakes. Um, but, you know, with the way the team's going at the moment, I can't see anything apart from a win. What do you think they'll do? Is Horn come straight in there at 10 for um, for Finn? Well, Rui Jackson was on the bench against Australia, so maybe he's the next cab on the rank. I'm not quite sure. Um, I know that they've sent home uh, Alex Dunbar and Magnus Bradbury, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in the centre there. Maybe bring in uh, Matt Scott to have a bit of a run with, with Duncan Taylor. Um, I would rather see Pete Horn than Rui Jackson, but I've got a feeling it might be Jackson there. Yeah, I think you might be right. If, certainly if he was on the bench against um, Australia, not that he was getting any sniff of game time. And I suppose the um, Alan Dow gets covered because Gordy Reid's actually usually above him in the pecking order. So um, that's, we don't really lose much in the front row there. I think we're going to get a... I think there's... I haven't done the maths, and I don't think World Rugby did the maths at the weekend when we were temporarily fourth in the world. I think if we beat Fiji by 15-plus or 20-plus, a big win against Fiji, we can actually get to fourth in the world weekend. So let's look at that, but don't trust my maths, but you can't really trust World Rugby's either, so can't do much about that. Um, But anyway, guys, enjoy it. An absolute festival of rugby, and Scotland is... um, Not on top of the world, but we're certainly on our way up. So another week, that is the thistle. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.